You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Captain Wags. I give you A. And with that, I want to welcome everybody into the ACL pod featuring the one and only Cap'n Wags. I'm ACL, he's Wags. We are here. NFL Week 9, College Football Week 10. Wags, we are taping this Wednesday afternoon. It's around 3.30 or so Eastern time on Wednesday. Anything going on this week, uh, last night especially? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, it doesn't sound like you <laughs> slept too much. I think I uh, checked some tweets this morning, had some live tweets going on, live odds going on, and like 5 in the morning. Hey, man. 1 in the morning. There was some heavy action going on oh, around believe. 5 a.m. Eastern time in Wisconsin, which basically shifted the odds from like full minus 400 to pick them. You know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, last night was wild. We're not going to get too in the, into the weeds about any of that but basically you know it was the I, I was tweeting this out the the whatever adjective you want to use the most amazing the most incredible the largest live betting opportunity in the history of mankind last night yeah, <laughs> it's crazy i mean the odds and the swings going on i mean i think i saw trump as high as like minus 780 or something like that that and sounds then, about right yep and then he was down to um minus 120 around 1 a.m. That's when I passed out. I know you um, just getting started. Baby. Yeah, you were just getting started there. And, and then I woke up and I think Biden was minus 325 or something like that. 350. So incredible swings. I mean, good for everyone. If, if you, you know, took uh, both dogs uh, at the right times and, yep. and made some good money. So, um, yeah, absolutely wild. Um, incredible opportunities. And, uh, yeah, that, that's all I'll say about the politics and the election. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Talking to Dave Mason, of course, at Bet Online, who was with us last week to talk all things election. I'll talk to Dave. Maybe we can get him on next week as well. Um, but he said the live betting was just absolutely insane. I mean, they basically kept it up all night as each kind of swing state came in. Trump really looked good in the beginning, right? Winning Florida, looking good in North Carolina. Um, winning Ohio, winning Texas. And that's when you saw that, like, Trump minus 600, minus 700, minus 800 number, right? And then it came back a little bit on Biden as he started looking pretty solid um, uh, up north with Minnesota. Uh, they called Arizona as well. Um, yep. And then Georgia's coming back a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Lot, Maybe we'll Lots get some of different stuff. books, too. Lots of different odds. So, I mean, there was a lot of opportunity to um, shop around and get good prices when you felt it was – um, a good opportunity to, to buy or, or um, you know, hedge. So, uh, again, if you were playing that and, uh, you know, were able to win uh, some cash, good for you. Absolutely. All right, enough about that. Football, college football specifically, Wags. Wanted to start with Clemson. Man, so last week Clemson plays BC. A day or two before the game, Trevor Lawrence goes out with COVID. The line was minus 31 for Clemson. They reopened it minus 24 for Clemson. It got bet up at kick to about minus 26, right? People were thinking the adjustment's a little bit too much. Seven points. It got bet up. Clemson is down in that game. They 28 to 13 at halftime. Obviously, they overcame that. Um, my, look, they're still, as of this morning, a plus 175 favorite to win the national title. The question for me is they play Notre Dame this weekend. They're minus six at Notre Dame. The line was minus four. Now it's minus six. If they lose that game, I, I was asking the same question last week if they lost to, to BC. I guess it's obviously a little bit different because Notre Dame's number four. If they somehow lose this game to Notre Dame, does the committee take that into effect because Lawrence isn't playing this game? And it sounds like from those odds at plus 175, a lot of people think that they that the committee will factor that in. Uh, and Clemson's going to get in, assuming that they can run the table once Lawrence comes back? I think the answer is yes. They'll, they'll get in. If they lose this game and it's fairly close and Lawrence comes back and they win out and they win the ACC title game, they're going to get in. Uh, the committee over the last few years has made it a point to put the best four teams in the playoffs. So I think they will stick to that. Um, they'll try to get – to um, you know, as close to that as they can. 
Uh, look, Cle- Clemson last week got punched in the mouth, right? They, they, the, uh, BC went down the field, scored a touchdown. Clemson comes right back, and then you're like, all right, maybe, maybe this game ends 41-7. But no, Boston College then goes down again and scores to make it 14-7. Then Clemson, right down the field, get to the one-yard line. And this is how upsets happen. What happens? But uh, Clemson runs a, a dive off the right tackle. Miss handoff, a weird fumble. Basically, looked like Etienne basically just like coughed it up, like gave it to him. Boston College takes the ball, runs at 99 yards for a touchdown. They go up 21-7, and Boston College is feeling this momentum. Every you know, everybody you know, I'm getting texts. Is this really happening? Is Clemson going to uh, go down with Lawrence not playing and and this and that? Um, but Clemson hung around, you know, they're down 28-10 at halftime. Uh, again, Boston College got a late touchdown at the end of the half. They, right. they, they draw off Clemson on a, on a crazy, um, like, fake field goal. They had motions going around. The, the kicker comes up and uh, draws them off sides, which was wild. They get a first down. They go down, score 28-10 at halftime. And guess what? Boston College doesn't score another point, right? Clemson comes back. They win the second half. Uh uh, and win the game ultimately. But this guy, DJ uh, Ugalele, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name, is this guy's legit. I mean, he's a freshman. He's solid. He's 6'4", 240, five-star recruit. Top, he's a top 20, listen to this, top 20 quarterback in the last 20 years as far as coming out of high school. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, he, he's that good. Um, he, and, you know, he comes in. He does very well. Uh, I think he was like, I don't know. I forget his 30 for 41 with two touchdowns. Yeah, no picks. Um, He has a running touchdown on fourth and one off the, the, you know, a a little, uh, you know, fake left quarterback keeper around end, and he takes it about 30 yards for a touchdown. He's legit. That was his first start. He comes, you know, he's out of John Bosco in California. He's a he's a really good player. So, um, you know, I think their defense will come into play. Uh, this, you know, the Clemson, the they go to South Bend. Um, it's going to be uh, very. I think it's going to be a very good game. Um, but I, you know, I, we'll we'll get into it a little later on the pod. But uh, yeah, I mean, going back to the original question, I, I think. If they do lose to Notre Dame and Lawrence is back and they went out, you know, I don't think there's a question. Um, you know, Clemson's got to be back in the uh, in the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, plus, like I said, plus 175 to still win the national title. I did tweet about this a bit, and I want to talk about the Heisman odds. So Lawrence was the favorite pre-COVID. Now he's down to 4-1. to one. My thought was if he just missed last week and then he played in the Notre Dame game, which is the biggest game of the year, then it's going to be on national TV, and he did well in that game, he would be my favorite. But I I honestly think him missing this game kind of disqualifies him, in my mind, from potentially taking him at at even 4-1 to here, right? Uh, He's missed two games. It's a shortened season for a lot of these guys anyway, so each game is kind of magnified even more. There's two guys ahead of him at at this point, Justin Fields plus 150, Mac Jones plus 125. The fourth favorite is Kyle Trask all the way down to 12 to 1. So they're essentially saying it's a three-person race now. But for me, missing a game of this magnitude where all eyes are going to be on it really, really, really hurts the argument of a Trevor Lawrence Heisman Trophy for 2020. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, Mac Jones and, and Fields will be battling it out. And my, my question is, I guess, if, if Fields had played, you know, three games up to this point, uh, you know, I think he's probably the favorite. But because of the stats and, and everything that Mac Jones has going, and obviously he's doing really well, uh, he's a slight favorite ahead of Fields. And, um, you know, looking at Lawrence at, at 4-1 to one and Trask at 12-1, to one, I mean, Florida, Georgia, we'll talk about that game later, but the, um, you know, the, the, there's some value on Trask here, right? Their, their yeah. defense We've said that for a month now. Yeah, no, we, we've been saying it for a long time. There, there's a lot of value there on him. Um, you know, I think because they, are, they lost to A&M, um, that kind of set him back a little bit, and, sure. and maybe not, not, not that much action is going on him, but the reason why they lost to A&M is not Trask. It's their defense. Their defense um, looked really shaky uh, against, you know, the, in those first three or four games. Um, they showed up to play last week uh, against um, Missouri, and, and, you know, we could talk a little bit about that game. But, um, you know, there, there were some 
controversy in that fight at halftime and and whatnot <laughs> and uh you know mullen um you know i can't believe he you know he needs to get reprimanded for for inciting it um but it is what it is and and i think there is some value on trask at, at 12 to 1 there um but again you know it really is a two-person race right fields and and jones but hey Who's to say one of those guys don't get COVID, right? So I mean, yeah, th- this is right. uh, this is spreading, and, and who knows? Yeah, uh, I agree with that. By the way, Wags buried the headline. You had a max play this past weekend, your first one of the college football season. Not only did it win, which is great. You always want to win a max play, kind of no matter when in the game. But it's always a little more sweeter, I think, when you win a max play in the third quarter. Yes. So kudos uh, to you for hitting that over in the third quarter in the Wake Forest game. Yeah, they, yeah, you know, I appreciate that. You know, big, big five-star play. Um, you know, I just really love their up-tempo offense against a struggling uh, Syracuse team, and um, just felt like it was the right spot. And it didn't exact. You know, look, it hit in the third quarter. Um, I'm very excited. I think it was. Uh, you know, there there probably should have been a, a lot more points um, scored in that game, but. Uh, yeah, no, I'm very, very happy to, to hit that in the third quarter. Big play for the clients. And, and the best part about that is, you know, I think I got it at 36 and a half. I saw it go up to 37. I think some books, um, I actually got some action on, on one of my books that had it at 34 and a half. But it never got over or even up to 38. So everybody cashes on that. Everybody wins. And, and I love that. So uh, great, great five-star play uh, first of the season. And uh Hopefully there'll be a one or two more uh, in the future. Absolutely. If the formula is there, it's there. Yeah, college football, Max plays undefeated on the year combined here for us, so that's awesome. We love that for clients. Um, the Big 12, we talked about it a lot. The only team that I thought really had a path to get into the playoff was Oklahoma State. Um, man, they go down in a really tough loss uh, in overtime to Texas this past weekend. So... Oklahoma's favorite to win the conference. Um, I don't think a two-loss Oklahoma has really any shot whatsoever of getting into the playoff. Uh, if you look at the current national title odds, the highest team on the board from this conference is Oklahoma, and they're 100 to one. So I mean, they're they're basically telling you that Oklahoma is not going to get in because if they could somehow get in, then they're a very live shot, obviously. So if they're going to give you 100 to one, I think they're kind of telling you something there. Um, that a Big 12 team is probably not going to get in. Yeah, look, I don't think so either. I mean, Oak State's got a shot, right? I mean, they have a you know their one loss, but they have to go to Kansas State, to Oklahoma. Uh, they have Texas Tech and at TCU and at Baylor, right? So four of their ne- four of their last five games are on the road. Um, one of which being at Oklahoma. Um, you know, I think obviously Vegas is saying that's a loss for them. Um, both Oklahoma and Oak State have buys before that game. So, um, you know, look, in-state rivalry, you never know what's going to happen. If they happen to win that game and, and can find a way to win out, then, yeah, they, they have a shot. Their defense is very good. I mean, obviously they lost last week um, to Texas in that um, crazy overtime game. Uh, but, again, um, you know, if they're able to run, run the table, they, they have a shot to, to sneak in and, and get into this Final Four. Speaking of sneaking in and getting into the Final Four, we talked about last week Cincinnati and BYU. Specifically, talked about Cincinnati at two hundred to one. They had to go out and beat Memphis. They they smoked them. So now they are currently a hundred to one. So again, normally I would never touch a non-power five to make the fourteen playoff. But if if ever it's going to happen in a kind of a weird year where you know the Pac-12 is only playing six games, I don't think a Big Twelve team is going to get in. A lot of things would have to happen. It's certainly not supposed to happen. It's not favored to happen. But if there was a team outside of the of the kind of main Power Five conferences and the you know names that everybody knows that's going to get in, I still think it's Cincinnati. Obviously, I liked it better two hundred to one, but at a hundred to one, probably not going to touch it there. But um, hey, if they run the table. Stranger things have certainly happened. So it'd be nice to have a Final Four team at two hundred to one for sure. Look, they're ranked sixth in the nation right now. Yep. I mean, that's in the AP and the coaches, and that's high for a non-Power 5 team. So, absolutely. I mean, they, they do have a couple of uh, tough games, I would say, at UCF really glaring um, to me on the schedule. Uh, they have Houston this week at home. So, uh, look, they can absolutely run the table. Now, you know, the argument that everybody will make is 
you know, a one-loss UF or a one-loss Georgia. Or yep, or you can already like see that. it starting, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> are they're better than an undefeated Cincinnati. Now, the argument for Cincinnati is, hey, we beat everybody on our schedule. We, you know, are the athletic director, we're in a specific conference, and not only did we beat everybody on our schedule, we dominated pretty much every game. I mean, to this point, there there hasn't been really one game that they didn't, dominate i mean maybe you can say they, they beat army who was ranked 22nd at the time 24 10 um so yeah i mean cincinnati's got an argument and then the other team that we also talked about last week is byu who's undefeated not uh and ninth in the nation big game this they week. have a big game this week yeah they they have to go to boise uh, you know at the smurf turf now if they win in pre- you know if they win in an impressive fashion um they're gonna make some cases uh, and maybe turn some heads. I, I love their defensive line. Uh, they have a very good quarterback. So um, look, they can make waves too. Uh, you know, it's, it's, Hey, there's definitely worse bets than taking Cincinnati or BYU. Um, to yeah, man, you on. could take uh, Michigan at 150 to one. <laughs> yeah, Talk about uh, worse bets. Uh, yeah. uh, hey, look, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if Michigan wins out and beats Ohio State, uh, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it's happening. Uh, if, but, if, if. Right, right. But, Keyword. Uh, oh, totally. Look, I mean, that guy can't win a big game, can't beat Ohio State. That's not happening. But anything could happen. It's 2020. There we go. Um, yeah. BYU minus three at Boise this on uh, Friday night game. So, yeah, if they can win that game, they're supposed to win that game. We shall see. Stranger things have happened. Um, yeah, talking team, about some, yeah. If, so I was just going to say, talking about some of those big, um, you know, top ten teams. So some pretty impressive wins going on in the top ten. You're looking at, uh, you know, I'm looking at you, Ohio State, Alabama, Florida. The Florida one, especially. So that game last week. So they they were around minus thirteen. They closed minus fourteen at home against Missouri. They basically shut down their facilities and their entire practices for like two and a half weeks because of COVID. The whole, like 70% of the team got COVID. So I was really curious to see how they were going to come out. Mullins essentially came out and said that they weren't practicing very well at all. They they were kind of sluggish the first two, three days back. Uh, Missouri had been playing well and Florida looked good. I mean, their defense looked okay, which for them is like a, a good uh, but look, they put up, I believe, 41 points. Um, Kyle Trask looked great. You talked about some other teams, Ohio State. They beat Penn State 38-25. That game wasn't as close as that score. Ohio State actually outgained them 526 yards to 325. Penn State got some late scores to kind of keep that close, get within the number for some people, depending on uh, what number you got Penn State at. Uh, and then Alabama. I, I feel like people are talking about some of these other teams. You know, Clemson gets a, a lot of plug. Ohio State's back. Florida's maybe that dark horse. Georgia, Alabama's just smoking people. I mean, yeah. offensively they are unbelievable. Defensively they're okay, um, but getting but better. Mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, they pitched a, a shutout, and if they can just outscore people, I mean, you're basically only looking at a couple teams that can keep up with them offensively. In in my view, that's really three: Ohio State, Clemson, and Florida. Right. Uh, I mean, you're really so. looking. If you look at Alabama, they have. I think three of the top eight guys in the Heisman race, mm-hmm. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devonta Smith. And Devonta Smith is like, who's Waddle, right? Look at me. I'm going to catch 11 balls for 200 yards and four touchdowns. Like, yep. Yep. You know, we, we don't need Waddle. Like we, we're, we're good. We're good. Um, yeah. And going back to that Florida game, I mean, going into the fourth quarter, that game's 34, seven. I mean, they, they dominated, Trask puts up four touchdowns, uh, runs for 50 yards. Just, I'm telling you, I know I mentioned it on the pod a couple of weeks ago or maybe three, th- two or three weeks ago. Their uh, tight end of theirs, Kyle Pitts, is, is legit. And I kind of joked around that you know he could be a Heisman candidate, but um, I, know, I know that's not the case. But this guy just keeps catching balls. He keeps catching. You know, he's got 22 catches for 355 yards and seven touchdowns this year. Pretty impressive. So they, they got an offense. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I kind of want to see like a Florida-Alabama game. I mean, I, I also want to see a rematch with Georgia, but, um, you know. The Florida-Alabama very... game would just be, you know, up and down. I mean, we're oh, probably man. talking the total yeah. in the 70s. Uh, total, probably the total of like 72 and a half. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and, and, and I'm taking the over, you know. Like that, that number is not really going to scare me because I, I see that game going crazy. And, you know, if you, two years ago or three years ago, you said Alabama, Florida, 
is going to be a total of 72 and a half in three years, you'd be like, you're crazy. Because those <laughs> right. defenses were dominant. Times, they are changing. Nick Saban has acknowledged as much. I mean, he basically says we're going to just try to outscore people now. So pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, Wags, we have two conferences that are starting this week. We have the MAC. So the MAC is basically doing Wednesday and Tuesday games, which is genius because they're going to get all of the eyeballs on those games, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, I think it's it's most of these smaller conferences should do that. Uh, Buffalo, for me, comes to the MAC. They are the plus 250 favorite. They're the top team. They're minus 14 on the road to start the season at Northern Illinois Wednesday night. Uh, they return 15 starters. After Buffalo, you have Ohio at plus 350. And it's pretty bundled up after that. Three teams at 6-1 to one to win the, um, the conference. Miami, Ohio, Toledo, Western Michigan. So keep in mind here, guys, they're only playing a six-game conference schedule here. So on one hand, my thought is that that would tend to favor the better teams because they kind of have less opportunities to hit that roadblock or that, you know, soft road spot where they come out sleepy and somehow lose the game. So as opposed to that 12-game schedule, you only have six. So uh, I would be less inclined to take one of those kind of long shots there. So definitely take a look at Buffalo there. And then, of course, we have the Pac-12. One of the teams, I believe it's USC, is actually playing a 9 a.m. local game on Saturday which wow. is something that we never, never see. Uh, Herm Edwards came out and said that he's going to have like a 3 a.m. wake-up call for his guys. So maybe some first-half underplays there as, as those guys kind of adjust to the uh, to the body clock. But Mac, Pac-12, everyone's finally playing. I'm very excited. Yeah, no, that's exciting. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's a East Coast game uh, or 12 o'clock East, uh, Eastern time, right? Yeah, so, 9 a.m. Wow. local. It's crazy, so, right? Yeah, that's for <laughs> – and they're playing Arizona State. You're right. So, yeah. you know, you got two West Coast teams, obviously Pac-12 uh, games only. So, um, very interesting. I guess that's you, – you see a lower total than normal in a Pac-12 game at under 60, 58 and a half for these two teams who, you know, typically uh, have pretty solid offensive uh, performances. So – um, definitely makes sense. Uh, maybe a little first half under, and then um, you know, maybe, maybe a so. little maybe in-game so. live uh, second half over. Maybe so. Yeah, just my kind of quick little thoughts on the Pac-12. Uh, co-favorites, guys: Oregon, USC. They're both plus two hundred to win the conference. Washington's four to one. Utah's seven to one. Colorado is the long shot at hundred to one. Again, similar to the MAC, six-game conference schedule. So factor that in as well. Uh, I'm curious to see how Oregon plays. First-year quarterback, obviously, replacing Justin Herbert. Not necessarily a team I'm looking to back right away. Uh, I do like USC this year on paper. They returned 17 starters. <coughs> but you know who gives me pause, Wags? Clay Hilton. Okay. This guy, he just kind of can't seem to get over the hump. Somehow entering a sixth season there. Uh, <laughs> tends to kind of get hot at the end of every year to avoid getting fired. But you know, 40 and 22 overall, but just four and eight versus top 10 teams, just 12 and 16 versus top 25 teams. So for me, keep an eye on uh, Arizona State. We're plus 300 to win the Pac-12 South, 12 to one to win the conference. Love what Jaden Daniels did last year as a a true freshman. Now he's a sophomore. Herm Edwards seems to get the best out of these guys. So if you're taking a team outside of those top two, maybe take a look at Arizona State there. Yeah, no, definitely. And something about Oregon, even though they are starting a, a new quarterback, you know, I really like their offensive line and their defense. So, um, you know, if anything's going to really give Oregon an edge, you know, if they have with with a new quarterback and, and have him kind of slowly adjust into, um, you know, real time game situations, it's going to be having a good offensive line and a good defense. So, uh, keep your eye on that. Uh, you know that's probably why they are, you know, a, a co-favorite to win the Pac-12. Um, you know their their defense, I think, returns eight starters, and and that's going to help uh, help out. Six game schedule should be interesting. See yes. how that kind of affects guys. I mean, you cannot start slow because yeah, if you lose exactly. a game, you're pretty much behind the eight ball there going forward. So. Something to watch out for. Wanted to transition over to the NFL. We talked about the New England Patriots last week. They went into Buffalo, three and a half, four point dogs. They wound up getting the cover. We talked about how this was their all in game. This was going to be essentially their Super Bowl to save their season. If you were ever going to buy low on New England, this was it. Um, they lose by three. They're going in to either tie or win the game. Cam Newton fumbles the ball there. Was this sort of their all-in spot where it's a team that you don't necessarily want to back going forward? Or is this sort of, you know, they they kind of hit rock bottom here. Bill Belichick's going to get them up, get them going. 
They do play the New York Jets um, this weekend. It's a game that I'll be touching upon a little later in the pod, hint, hint. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I like the energy wags that I saw from this team. It, it, they could have easily gone in there and having lost a couple in a row, not played hard. They played hard. They were right there at the end. The Bills are a good quality football team. They wound up getting the money. So for me, I'm still liking what I see from New England, especially after just sort of the effort was there this past weekend. Yeah, we, we talked about that last week, right? That was definitely a, a buy low um, on the Patriots situation and, um, you know, paid off if, if you took the advice there because, um, you know, to me, they are getting a little bit better. You can see that a little bit, but, you know, it, it's not someone I'm trying to per- – personally, That's it's not a club that I'm ready to back just yet. Now, when they play the Jets, it's a different situation. That's a different story but, because right. it's the Jets. Exactly. But, you know, you know, let's say they're playing, um, you know, immediate uh, the Titans or or, the the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. Yeah. Someone like that. You know, I just don't think they're ready at this point to uh, at least offensively to to keep up. Right. Because, um, you know, they're 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 having some growing pains with Newton at quarterback. And, um, you know, while Belichick is starting to get kind of the most out of his players like he normally does it's taking them a while and um you know i'd like to see a couple more games to you know to really get behind them and and see what they can do but at this point i'm laying off uh again uh, this this week might be a little different monday night football new england minus seven is the current number at the jets total 42 and a half wags and i'm not this is not hyperbole is this the single biggest mismatch in terms of the coaching that you have ever seen? Yes. <laughs> I thought yeah. you might just say yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, you know, I haven't even, I didn't even cross my mind. Um, yeah. And I, and I read an article lately. There, there's still kind of, you know, there's still some executives in New York and, and people trying to back Gase and that he's the guy. And Well, they want and, him to lose every game so they and, get Trevor Lawrence. And, it's and they, no, they even said Darnold's the guy. Like, are they just saying this? Is this like, kind of like hey we want to make them feel good before we uh you know kind of stab them in the back yeah i think that's exactly what it's i mean i i think that they are trying to to say oh you know adam gase is our guy he's part of our future so they can basically not have to fire him and then pay him off and then buy out whatever contract he has and bring someone new in it makes no sense to put some interim guy in there for the rest of the year now, unless you want to just kind of change the culture and then maybe see how Donald responds to that and see what you have in Donald, that I could understand. But if you're kind of convinced at this point that the right path is to go 0-16, 1-15, get the number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence, it makes all the sense in the world to keep Adam Gase. Why even bother with anything else? So that's kind of, I think, the direction that they're going here. Uh, speaking of the Jets, plus 21, they got bet down plus 20, plus 19 at Kansas City this past weekend. Uh, I wound up playing the Chiefs in the first half. It got there, minus 10.5. But, I mean, the Jets, they're getting basically three touchdowns, and they can't even cover that. And, yeah, the Chiefs got a touchdown late to cover, but it it never really felt like the Jets were in that game. not talking to win. I'm talking to cover. (laughs) It never kind of felt to me like the Jets were in a serious spot to to cover that, that big number there. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Like they were never in the spot, but they were never really like so far out of it. Um, the Jets, look, they they had the Bills last week. They played them tight. They covered. Um, you know, back to back Bills, and then you got to go to play the Chiefs. It, you know, it's tough for them. I think you know you obviously played them in the right situation, and it was the right call. I also had them in a tease. Um, you know, that was the right call. Um, the Jets, you know, when, when they're going to go play the Chiefs, it's not going to be pretty. Um, but, you know, to their credit early on, um, you know, they, they kicked a few field goals. And, uh, you know, I think it was, what, 21-9 at, at halftime. So, you know, to, to me, I see 21-9 at halftime with the Jets um, against the Chiefs. And I'm like, actually, not that bad. I mean, yeah, they, they never, they're not going to win that game. I mean, there was no chance they were winning that game. Um, but. You know, they're, they're. I think they're getting a little bit better. Um, you know, just not good enough, and and the coaching is terrible. And they're going to go, um, you know, one and fifteen or zero and sixteen, and and that's you know interesting out there with with the uh, 
you know, just end the season J-E-T-S uh, bets going on. Um, it's a thing. I saw a book that yeah. actually had, you know, instead of clicking on like NFL or college, you could you, you could literally click on J-E-T-S just in the season. Ha. Yeah, I saw yeah. someone at uh, <laughs> either tweeted that or added on, you know, I no, I know a, few, a couple of Jets fans that are, aren't embarrassed to, to admit it and uh, may have put it on social media or something like that. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I, this is not their season. <laughs> there we go. And, we'll, we'll... and it's a you know pure tank for Trevor situation. And, um, if they pass up on him, they are officially the worst run organization. I think they might already be on that list, but the Jags certainly. Uh... Certainly on the list as well. Uh, I know you have thoughts on this, Tua. So the, we, we were both on the Dolphins, loved the spot. It was, I don't know about for you, for me it was mostly a fade of the Rams, right? Oh, yeah. Cross right. country, short yeah. week, six weeks, Dolphins off a bye, huge, hot humidity, early start. It's just a perfect spot to, to bet the Dolphins. Now, I didn't love that I was betting Tua in, in his first start, but I did like the, the fact that he had two weeks to kind of prepare there. And we saw it. He didn't necessarily win the game. I, I mean, the Dolphins got, what, a – a punt return, a, a, a fumble sit, like all this crazy stuff. I don't think they scored a point in the second half. Um, a lot of talk, like Tua didn't look good. He, Tua was fine. I mean, he's playing the Rams. He's playing Aaron Donald. He wanted to just kind of get through the game. Uh, what did you think about his performance? Were you, th- you know, are you optimistic about how things could go for him? What, what was your overall thought there of the whole Dolphin situation? Look, everybody knows I'm a Hurricanes fan. I'm a Dolphins fan. Um, the Tua debut, you know, I, I, I read a lot. I, I saw a lot of negative press on Tua. Oh, and after that first play, I mean, everybody was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, awful. Um, you know, for those who didn't see the first play, Aaron Donald literally, like, broke through the line. Tua had no idea. Um, Donald knocks the ball, you know, strip sack, fumble, recover. The Rams are in great position, um, go in and score, and, and immediately everybody's in panic mood. Now, what I saw from Tua it was progress throughout the game. I think he got a little bit more comfortable. Um, his arm was much stronger than I remember it being in college, to be honest. He threw a, like, 12 to 15 yard out route right down to the five yard line um, somewhat off his back foot. And it was, it got there with speed and velocity uh, and hit the guy right on the, you know, outside. So you saw a lot of promise with him. Um, plus a couple of receiver, actually, I shouldn't say a couple of receiver Preston Williams actually dropped two balls that hit him in the hands. Yep, um, yep. So there was a lot of opportunity, but they also didn't give him a lot of uh, rope to run with. You know, it wasn't like they were like opening up the passing game for him. It was much more of a, okay, we got a sack fumble. We're winning the game. Let's manage the game. Um, hey, by the way, we ran a punt, the first punt back for a touchdown in, in the NFL this year. Um, you know, there were a lot of things going for them where they didn't have to really put Tua in a situation um, where it was going to be a high-pressure, high-stress situation because they had the lead. Um, you know, he, he went down the field early in, in a really good situation after a turnover, um, threw his first touchdown pass, kind of got that off his chest uh, or off his back, whatever you want to say. Um, so, so I think he did okay. Uh, there's definitely room for improvement, and I'm not saying that Tua's like – Oh my God, he looked great, but he won the game, right? The Dolphins won the game. Yeah. Um, they look good, and and I will say that you know coming off the bye in that situation, that that's exactly what the spot was. I, you know, we were both on that game, um, and, and look, like it it paid off. And uh, credit to the coaching, to be honest. So uh, I'm not sure whoever watched the game saw that the Dolphins kept dropping defensive linemen, and Goff didn't know what to do. Um, you know, we had a, there was a defensive lineman who who picked them off. Um, you know, it was just constantly in his lanes throwing, um, trying, you know, when every time he was trying to check down. Um, so yeah, I mean, credit to the coaches coming off the bye, um, you know, knowing they had to win the game. And, um, this is the first time under Flores, the dolphins are, uh, four and three, right there. They have a winning record. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, kudos to the Dolphins for playing hard, playing well defensively. I think they're like a, I think there's one stat that they may be scoring defense, they, you know, points against. They're the best in the league. So, 
Yeah, love what Flores is doing with this team. The culture changing, you can just kind of feel it there, right? Yep. So I think the Dolphins are definitely a team uh, that a lot of people can uh, can be bullish about going forward. Wanted to Wags kind of flip back to a couple of the top college games. We we talked about Clemson Notre Dame a bit. Florida Georgia, uh, great game this weekend. Looking forward to it. Georgia currently minus three, total fifty three and a half. A ton of early support. For Florida here, uh, this line open plus six was bet down to plus four and a half right off the bat. Now Florida is plus three. I think a lot of people were hoping and kind of waiting to see how Florida will look in their first game back after that long COVID layoff that we talked about earlier. They liked what they saw, obviously. Georgia, on the other hand, struggled against a mediocre Kentucky team, only putting up 14 points. The winner of this game almost certainly is going to win the SEC East there. Uh, the matchup for me is that Florida offense averaging 44.5 points a game, fifth best in the entire country, versus this Georgia defense who's only given up eight points a game, fourth best in the country. However, and this was the total that I was on about a month ago, the Alabama-Georgia over, uh, we saw what happened to Georgia's defense when they went up against a top passing offense they step up in competition. They gave up 41 points to Alabama. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen here. The total is only 53.5, but it does give me a little bit of pause, and I do understand this total moving a bit, or sorry, this um, spread moving a bit in the Gators' favor based upon what we saw last week with this Gators often seemingly not losing a step after basically being out of football for three weeks uh, with, uh, with the COVID issue. So, Really interesting game, massive national title implications, massive, massive SEC implications as well. Should be a really good one Saturday afternoon in uh, Jacksonville there. Yeah, I'm most excited this weekend for this game. I mean, I know Clemson, Notre Dame play, um, but this game is going to be uh, a really good, interesting game. Like you said, a, a very powerful and dominant offense versus a very dominant defense. Um, you know, obviously they gave up 41 to Alabama, um, which not so good. Um, but they shut down Auburn. They shut down Tennessee. They shut down Kentucky and Arkansas. Um, you know, when I say shut down Kentucky, they held them to three points. And Auburn Literally. held them to six. Yeah. And Arkansas, they held them to ten. So, um, you know, and they put up points against Tennessee, They right? They beat them 44-21. So, uh, they put up 24 points against Alabama. Now, I know other schools have put up points against Alabama, but they put up 24 points in the first half. They didn't score in yeah. the second half, right? So yeah. Alabama clearly made some adjustments. Um, you know, I think, you know, Stetson had his – kind of got thrown into it against, you know, not only Auburn and Tennessee, but then going to Alabama – to play in that game on the road is, um, you know, kind of got his feet wet into what this, what a rivalry game and what a tough game is going to look like. So I think from that experience, that helps a lot, um, you know, coming into, you know, the world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville, probably not this year because of COVID. I, I read um, that, I, I read that some guy trademarked that. And so technically people oh, wow. aren't supposed to so, see. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. So well, technically t- people aren't well, supposed to see. Shout out anymore. to him. Credit to him. <laughs> it's kind of like the guy who did the uh, the uh, names for the Washington Redskins. Daniel Snyder's going to yeah. have to pay that guy off <laughs> yeah. for the Crazy. trademark rights. Well, guess what? TM, going to add that in. Um, credit, to, credit to the guy who, who trademarked that. But um, I will say this game is going to, um, you know, definitely have a lot of edge and chippiness to it uh you know there's going to be some big hits big plays and um sec football that 330 slot on cbs i mean that is awesome um so i will be on the couch i will be drinking some beers and i will be watching that game some white claws or some beers uh i'll probably have some beers uh for that (laughs) game but you know if if it was a if it was another game maybe i'll crack open some white claws mango of course there we go and that tangerine it's good flavor. stuff it's good oh, yeah. um i will say this on the national title futures guys florida's 22 to 1 georgia's 11 to 1 so if you have a thought on this game about who's going to win a strong lean maybe get ahead of that as well because the you know as i said the winner of this game almost certainly is going to be in the title game in the sec so uh, and those numbers are going to plummet once uh, once we have a winner right. in this game. What's so. the rest of? Uh, I'm curious to know what the rest of each of their schedule looks like. I'm going to pull that up right now. Georgia yep. has obviously Florida, 
at Missouri, um, if they win, could be a, a good spot for Mizzou. Twelve o'clock game, um, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a letdown game if they if Georgia does win. Then they get Mississippi State at South Carolina and Vanderbilt. So definitely win win outable if you will. Um, and then Florida has Arkansas, Vanderbilt on the road, Kentucky, which who always plays them tough, and at Tennessee. Uh, and then LSU. Oof, right, Coach O, because that uh that, that game was postponed, so now it's it was moved down to the twelfth. So that actually, you know, if LSU, look, LSU looks like trash. I mean, let's be let's call a spade a spade. But Coach O can get better, right? You know, if he's playing with a team over time and they start, you know, the last game of the season, they start going on a run. You know, who knows? So, um, but, you know, the fact that the Gators have LSU at the end, they have at Tennessee and Kentucky, you know, I think it's a harder path for Florida, probably while you're seeing numbers at 22 to 1. Um, but, you know, if you have a, a, a thought on the game, maybe you take that instead of, of plus three and a half. I actually saw Twitter.com, the greatest website of all time, people saying that Coach O should be fired because LSU sucks this year. So, yeah, well, we Twitter, that's what happens on Twitter, right? <laughs> People get really tough behind oh, their keyboards, but uh, we won't get into that. Twitter.com. Amazing. Magical. Magical. Yes. Um, okay, yeah, it should be a good one. I'm really looking forward to that one. NFL top game of the week. There's a couple of uh, contenders here, nominees. For my money, it's the Saints versus the Bucks, right? So. I think the winner of this game is going to elevate themselves to the top of the NFC, be really live for that number one seed to get the bye. The Bucks, Monday night game, so they're on a short week. However, I think it was pretty obvious to me that they came out flat in that Monday night game against the Giants, kind of slept walk it. And whenever a team does that, a lot of that to me is that you can tell that they were kind of looking ahead. Not in-game, I'm not saying that, but in their preparation, right? This game they had circled for a lot of reasons. One, they know that the path to the number one seed is probably versus the Saints. Two, it's a revenge game. Week one, if, if you guys remember Brady's first game with the Bucks at the Saints, week one, they lost that game. I believe 34-23. They were plus about four and a half, five points uh, in that game. Did not get the money. But obviously since then, and we, we figured this with, with Tampa, it would take them some time. The Monday night game aside, again, I think they were kind of sleepwalking through that game. Didn't want to show a ton of stuff. Brady's look good. Antonio Brown's probably going to play in this game. We'll see how how that happens. Antonio Brown's first game with New England last year with Brady, he played great. I believe it was against Miami. Um, so we'll see. We have seen this number move up a tick. Uh, I'm not sure that there's value on Tampa at this number now. The look ahead line it's it's about up it's it's up about a point and a half from the uh, look ahead number. So. Uh, I might have a play in this game later in the week. We shall see. But, I mean, it should be a fantastic game, man. Saints versus Bucks. Again, I think that the winner of this game, as far as the odds, you'll see Monday morning will be the favorite in the uh, NFC there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, really, really good game. I love that it's on Sunday night. And I think it's um, – yeah, I agree with you. I think the Bucks definitely had a look-ahead spot last week. Um, and – you know they, they want this game. This game was circled uh, before the season. It was circled after week one, and um, you know getting them at home at night is going to be a good advantage. Um, like you said, that you know the numbers got to be right. Uh, we'll do some number crunching. I'm sure uh, you know we'll have something in that game. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to just kind of sitting and watching that game and, and really understanding you know who's who and who's legit and. You know, is Michael Thomas back? And uh, oh my Drew- God, Mike, man! So I, I had Michael Thomas on my fantasy team. <laughs> Not to talk my fantasy team, I know people hate that, but just to, from like a point spread perspective, every week it's like, oh, I gotta check the report. Michael Thomas, he he was a limited All practice week. Wednesday, limited practice Thursday, and then he has some like new injury Friday, and he got a DNP. I mean, this guy, and then, yeah, and then you know, the one week he punched the guy. Yeah, Ridiculous! Ridiculous! Spent sixty bucks in auction on this guy. He's played one game. Yeah, right. crazy. There's my Michael yeah, Thomas rant. There's your rant. But uh, yeah, who, who knows um, with Michael Thomas and and you know to me these two two teams are kind of going in different directions, right? I think the Bucks are getting better every week. Um, I wouldn't say the Saints are getting worse, but they're kind of flat. 
they haven't really showed us kind of the Saints of last year and the year before where, you know, they could put up 41 points and, and um, you know, really kind of put that stranglehold on a team. So uh, they, they keep playing these tight games and, um, you know, getting by. So uh, definitely, definitely going to be a good one. Um, what else we have? Uh, we, we ready for a contest? Or? I think we're ready for the contest, man. Before we get into that, again, guys, the website, therealmisteracl.com. Packages are up there now. Football, the Masters starts in about a week, which is amazing. I love the Masters. So many opportunities there on the Masters. Props, round betting, just all kind of good stuff. The 38 tennis package is up as well, doing very well there. Um and of course, Wags, we might get some hockey soon. Hoping to get some news from you there that you know hockey's going to start in the next month or so. The NBA is looking at at uh, starting in the next month too. And again, college basketball. I tweeted about this the other day, November twenty fifth. College basketball, one of the more profitable sports every single year. Cannot wait for college basketball to get started. So that'll be up on the site too. Um, any questions? Let either of us know. I am at the Real Mystery Seal on Twitter. He is at Capin Wags. C A P P I N wags on twitter as well follow him there all right man we ready for this contest uh 200 bucks to the winner i'm going to read three questions whoever gets all three right first wins 200 in site credit to the real mr acl.com uh, you can enter by dming on twitter your answers to me or to wags or email either of us acl at the real mr acl.com or him cap and wags at the real mr acl.com question number one monday night football patriots jets patriots we're going to use the line minus seven and a half versus the Jets. Who you got? Patriots minus seven and a half. Jets plus seven and a half. Which, who are you taking? Question two. Name the player who's going to score the last touchdown in the game. The player who will score the last touchdown in the game. Question three. The total number of touchdown passes by your boy, Wags. Sam Darnold. Oh, yeah. Total number of touchdown passes. Will he see ghosts again? Maybe, maybe not. The total number of touchdown passes in the game by one Sam Darnold. Uh, Belichick versus Adam Gase should be should be fun. Uh, all right, man, you're hot on these free plays. You hit uh, what the over in the Oklahoma game in like the third quarter again last week. So you do the honors, my friend. Crazy, and the uh, I'm gonna have another over. Uh, we're gonna shift to the NFL this week, so um, we're gonna go to the Seattle Buffalo game over 55. Uh, I think both of these teams' offenses are obviously very potent. Um, defenses both have some issues both have some holes I think um, they match up well very well against each other uh, offense versus defense and um, after checking the weather in Buffalo it is supposed to be 65 and sunny uh, maybe about a seven eight mile an hour wind at least at this point um, so I feel pretty confident that the weather will hold I think we'll have a really um, some beautiful football weather um, and I like the over in that game, and hopefully it'll stay kind of warm enough uh, where the you know Russell Wilson's hands won't get a little too cold there. Uh, I think they'll they'll be good, so uh, that'll be a great one o'clock game. Seattle Buffalo over fifty five. Love it, man. Love it, man. Love it, man. All right, here we go. Going to the NFL. I did this a couple two weeks NFL ago. So games, I. I Sorry, I said two NFL free plays. There we go. Nothing, awesome. nothing wrong with that. So I, uh, I did this a couple weeks ago with the teaser, where if there's a game on Monday night that I want to tease, it it, it prevents a, it it presents a really good opportunity to go for a middle. Uh, we did it with the I believe it was the Green Bay uh, Atlanta game on Monday night about a month or so ago. So my free play, I'm going to go with a two team teaser here. Um, first leg on Sunday, second leg being the Monday night game. And then we're going to have the opportunity to go for the middle on Monday night if we choose, if we win the first leg on Sunday. So I'm taking the Houston Texans down to pick them as the first leg. The second leg is the New England Patriots down to pick them on on Monday night football. Texans coming off the bye, playing in this divisional game versus the Jags team whose defense has given up 39, 34, 30, 33, 31, and 33 points in the last six games. On top of that, the Jags are expected to start sixth-round rookie Jake Luton at quarterback. So, Ooh. yeah. So I will be taking the Texans here down to pick them on Sunday. Then I'll be taking the Bill Belichick-led New England Patriots down to pick them on Monday Night Football versus Adam Gase and the Jets with the very strong possibility of coming back on the Jets Monday night, Monday afternoon, I should say, if this number keeps trickling up. This is a game no one's going to want to bet the Jets. 
you know, if this gets to eight, eight and a half, maybe some absurd thing where it gets to like nine or even 10 juice, something crazy like that. I don't think it will, but possibly. Uh, then we have a, a massive middle opportunity there. So assuming that the Texans can get by the Jake Luton let Jags, uh, we're going to have a great opportunity either just ride out the Patriots Monday or go for that middle and try and win both bets. So that's how I'm playing it, guys. That's a free play. Um, I will say also to that point, someone uh, may ask, you know, why not just take both of these teams, pick them? Well, if you take both of these teams, pick them, you're going to get worse odds than in the teaser. So uh, mm -hmm. I think a teaser is minus 130. Both of these teams pick them minus 140. Uh, so make sure you check that um, before, uh, you know, making these plays. Very, very good point. Very, very good point. Um, all right, man. Good pod. Uh a lot going on this week, sports-wise, obviously national news as well. Um, but, yeah, betting opportunities there as well. So be sure to follow us on Twitter. Anything else, Wags, before we close up shop and get the heck out of here for this week? Nope, that's it. Um, you know, you mentioned NHL. It's still kind of on target for Jan 1. Um, nothing's changed yet, but it's still tentative. So uh, we will keep you posted with that. And uh, ACL uh, will continue to monitor these elections and monitor the lines of the games this week and uh, get some winners out there. Amen. Again, Masters next week, guys. The package is up. You get all four days. I send out a new card every day uh, for that particular round. So, What do you think about Tony Finau? Yeah, man. Tony Finau's my guy. <laughs> if you guys didn't see, I'll, I'll retweet it. But basically I did you know, the, the cross-board thing that I did with the – whatever it was, the Lakers and the Chiefs and, and those, you know, 50 to, to win 14,000 that one uh, month ago, I did one where basically the last leg is Tony Finau to win the Masters. Um, I forget the exact numbers and the exact prices, and I'll let off to double check it. But, yeah, Tony Finau, he plays his course well. He was in the final group last year. So we shall see. He's currently 30-1 to one, uh, to win probably about the 14th or 15th betting favorite on the board. So, Go Tony Fino. Um, all right, man. Let's get the heck out of here. Guys, good luck with all your plays, NFL, everything going on this week. And we'll talk to you the same time next week.